to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. This week is a special episode because it is just me, myself, and I. Um, I've been wanting to do an episode by myself for a while, and uh, surprise, it is not Star Wars this time. Um, as of time of filming, uh, this last weekend I had my nephew hanging out with me, and uh, I wanted to kind of introduce him to the Alien Predator franchises with the new Prey movie that's on Hulu. And I was watching it, and it was just reminding me how much I really do like the uh, the Predator series. It's not something that I avidly go out of my way to collect when it comes to, like, m- you know, merchandise, memorabilia, stuff like that. Um, but it is something that I definitely enjoy. Um, my first, like, introduction to Predator was, you know, with the first movie. Um, but I was... An adult around that time. I want to say I was either in high school or just about out of high school. Um, so I came a little bit late to the to the uh, the party. Um, but my earliest like actual thing that I remember vividly like searching out was uh, I bought the game. There was an Aliens versus Predator game for the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty that era. Really, really fun game. At that time, you know, I was really into video games, and uh, I would buy the collector's edition if they made it, because I always just liked having the little memorabilia stuff, you know, the little trinkets, the little collectible things. And uh, it came with a really cool face hugger, steelbook case, a Wayland yutani patch, just a bunch of cool little stuff. Um, and another thing that it came with was a special collector's edition um, graphic novel, um, which I think is the improper term, because, uh, you know, rereading it again, it's, you know, it's a quick read. It's just two issues put together in a little hardback i think it was just two previously printed um issues that they uh they put in here um because yeah it looks like older artwork from when dark horse was doing it um but yeah it it had been a while so i wanted to reread them i remember them being quick reads and i I vaguely remember the gist of it and it was actually a little different than what i remembered um it must have been another book i read at the time from the library or something like that um but the uh the book let me see. Yeah, the it was written by Randy Stradley. Um, pencils were uh, Phil Norwood, so he pretty much did the, the artwork. Uh, inks Carl Story, um, and then the second part of the story, if I can find it, was uh, same same. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think it was just two issues they put together, so it doesn't get the the graphic novel uh, title. Graphic novels, for those of you who don't know, technically were released in that format initially. It's not a compilation. Like, uh, it would be like, that's just the way it released. Um, kind of like, um, Marvel actually started kicking off, like, Death of Captain Marvel. That was never issues that got put together or compiled. It was released as a graphic novel format. Uh, little nerdy technicalities right there. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what you guys, uh, tune in for, right? You know, my nerdy ass talking about cool stuff, or things that I think are cool, at least. Um, but it was a really cool story, because the first issue, the first half of the book, is a conversation that these space jockeys are having, and you can definitely tell one guy's a little more, I don't want to say, um, how do I say, uh, one guy is pretty much, they bring up the ethics of the way that they're living, you know, because they are out in space, they're mining and exploiting a lot of these planets, you know, and yeah, they're quote-unquote uninhabited, um, but there is like, you know, single cell organisms or whatever, and they're just basically going over the ethics of, uh, you know, like, is it a fine to plunder a planet, you know, that 
the planet's resources that might have gone to use for another being at some point in time, maybe, right? And that's where the other guy comes in. It's like, oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes back and forth. There's nature. They go over the ethics of um of of fighting, you know, to live in the universe, of struggling. And then um towards the end of it, you can start seeing the guy transitioning um from not saying that um they shouldn't rely on technology or this and that, but that they should look for the challenge. Like they shouldn't just be that that they kinda have it a little too good. You can definitely start start seeing um him working his way towards like it, it's it, to hunting right um you know providing for yourself and whatnot and while these guys are having this conversation it's actually showing a uh uh like a processing plant um that i'm assuming the predators you know i forget what the name of their the alien species is uh but they're they're basically they have a alien queen you know uh tied up you know caged up or whatever and she's just uh churning out eggs on a conveyor belt and that the uh, predators choose a planet to drop it on to drop the eggs on, and then they basically, you know, they, they, they hatch, the face hoggers do their work, and then it just overruns the planet with uh, xenomorphs. Um, so the, the whole time, like, uh, the, the guy who was talking about how, you know, uh, they're over-relying on technology or whatever starts going, you know, he, he goes back to, like, oh, yeah, I had a wealthy uncle who I would go hunting with, and we would hunt doves or pheasants or whatever it was with these shotguns, and he said, yeah, it was very challenging, like, it was, it was more challenging to miss than it was to hit them. And he said he wonders what it would be like to actually hunt something that can hunt you back, right? Like how, how exhilarating, how thrilling it must be. And at the time, you can see what they're doing. The uh, the predators are basically, you know, they're seeding a planet so they can go hunt it for their, like, trial or hunt or whatever it's called. Um, and that's where the second part of the book uh, picks up. So the, like I said, in the first part, it was a ongoing conversation, dialogue between two space jockeys and that 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 goes throughout the whole issue or the whole part of the story meanwhile on the back you have the uh the predators you know preparing for the hunt but they don't talk and that's kind of the thing is they've kind of done a good job throughout the whole franchise you know the movies and um the comics and the novels and stuff like that and the video games is you don't understand the aliens they talk here and there amongst themselves but you don't understand them so the second part of the book it's just being narrated it's being narrated by you know well a narrator whoever uh, was scripting it so you see the aliens and they're, you know, doing their little talks or whatever, but they're, they're on the planet and they're hunting, you know, there's like dinosaurs, looks like pterodactyls and stuff like that. Um, they have a older um, predator called uh, Old Top Knot, and I guess he's very, he's a veteran. Um, he's had a lot of hunts. And then um, the, uh, the beginning of the story, it says something like most of these kind of hunts end in death or whatever. Um, so let me see if I can find it exactly. Successful, yeah, successful hunt. So he's trying to get a successful hunt more than trophies. Um, failure on this hunt almost always means death, is what he had said, and that comes into play later. So what happens is they're going around there, they're uh, following the old top knots lead, um, trying to hunt down. You know, they're hunting down xenomorphs. So one of the the guys, uh, I think his name was Two Stripes, um, is the I don't want to say the main protagonist, but he's the guy you kind of follow around. And uh, he sees another predator uh, start fighting a xenomorph. And um, the xenomorph breaks his weapon, you know, his like, little spear thing. And, um, like, kind of messes up, you know, his <laughs> the little tiny mouth that pops out. You know how they have that little tiny mouth on the inside of their regular mouth? Pops out and, like, rips off one of their mandibles. And then the predator uses his, like, claws, his gauntlet claws to kill it. You know, he slashes it. But then a lot of the acid spews out and it pretty much... Um, it melts uh, 
his hand, one of his hands from like the elbow down, so he's just missing uh, uh, half his arm, and then it melts his hand as well. So it's just like a nub down to you know no fingers or whatever, and then the um the one guy comes down. There's a there's a predator in like orange armor with a horn. He has like a little rhino horn, and it looks like he's gonna help him out or save him. And what he actually does is he kills the predator. He cuts off the head and the hand of the xenomorph, the alien, and he spills some of the uh the um how do you say the the blood acid the acid blood on himself to make it look like he fought it or whatever and then he comes and meets up with the other guys like oh look check out what i got you know obviously you know not talking or saying that um but they're all there waiting for him and then um i think what happens is they find they find a, <laughs> oh that's what it was they found the the guy that was killed by um by the predator by the jealous one and uh, it goes, failure on this hunt almost always means death. It is tr- two stripes time. And then it shows that that uh, predator who, you know, tried to steal the kill. And he's, like, tied up on the um, on the planet as they leave. So he's just going to be eaten up by, uh, by Xenomorphs, basically. But I thought it was a cool, fun little story. Um, you know, it was published by uh, Dark Horse at the time. Um, for those of you guys who don't know... Um, Dark Horse no longer. They haven't had the Predator license for at least a few years now. Um, it, it's gone to Marvel by now, and uh, they finally released the first issue of the uh, Marvel's Predator series, and I'll be talking about that later, actually, because um, I did read the first issue, and I definitely that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to later on. But I want to talk about something that I recently watched, which was the Prey movie. Um, my nephew loved it. You know, he he's excited. It was a really cool, really entertaining movie. Um, definitely keeps up with the, uh, the better of the Predator movies. Um, I definitely like Predator 1, you know, that's one of the better ones. Uh, I I really like Predators. Predators was a lot of fun. I know people don't like it, but I I like the idea. Again, the whole thing with Predator is that he's hunting. What do humans do? We have game reserves, you know, areas when people go hunt. So it makes sense that they would bring in, you know, all these, uh, humans that they want to hunt down along with whatever other aliens there are. Um, but yeah, Prey, um, it's, uh, I think the earliest, the earliest when it comes to the, the in-universe timeline, you know, the canon timeline, um, cause they land in North America in 1719, it says, um, so here, let me see. It's uh, directed by Dan Tra- Trachenberg, uh, which is cool cause I just found out he's the guy who directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a movie that I really like. Me and my buddy Mike want to go watch that really, really good movie, really done really well. Um, suspenseful. Uh, I I definitely got a lot of that in this one too. A lot of suspense. A lot of you know, uh, having the tension build up to pay off. Um, and yeah, it came out on uh, Hulu, which was strange. Which I'm I'm not gonna complain. I've I've kind of gotten over going to theaters. Um, I, I always like just watching stuff at the the comfort of my own home. Um, but yeah, it takes place in 1719. Um there what was it the story revolves around naru that's the main protagonist uh she's a female uh comanche warrior so the comanche was like a northeastern um northeastern tribe i'm assuming because they uh here let me look it up we're on the comanche native american tribe so the plains is present in the united states see that's the interesting part because it says um Lawton, Oklahoma, at the headquarters, so Southern Plains, which is interesting because I don't know how much I would have been at the time. I guess I'd have to look up Comanche history, but it looks like the movie's set further north, like the northeast, because, you know, they're they're on the coast or maybe in the mountainous area, and I, I figured they'd be closer to the Canadian border because at some point these French 
um, uh, trappers come come into the story. And uh, I know those guys were all up in the northeast area. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I had to look up my history of the Comanche uh, native tribes. Um, yeah, really, really cool because it shows off, you know, uh, Nara initially showing that she is pretty skillful. Like, she's got some skills. She's got skills, but she doesn't have experience. And I think that's the thing you kind of see her pick up throughout this. And, and I love how they just foreshadow a lot of the stuff. Again, there's going to be a lot of spoiler warnings or it's a lot of spoilers. So I'm giving you a warning ahead of time. You know, early on, her, her brother's talking to her about how, uh, yeah, he had her walk through mud and messed up his bow one time. And, you know, she ends up shooting the uh, the bird before, uh, or he ends up shooting the bird before she could. Um, so he has to swim across to go get it or whatever. And she said, yeah, the story was boring. She cut him off. Well, that comes into play later on. She's going, you know, across this, like, mud pit, you know, quicksand. And uh, she goes to shoot a bear with her bow and the the string, you know, the the drawstring uh, comes off because the mud messed it up. So I, I like the foreshadowing of that. I like the foreshadowing of uh, her brother tells her this is as far as you go. Like, I will not allow you to go any further. Basically facing off against predators where it's like, you know, it is definitely this is it. This is the end of the line. This is where you draw the line and you're not going any further than this. I'm not going to allow you to get further than this. Because what happens a lot with these, you know, uh, in general with these predators and these, you know, when you're living out in the wild is you, they get away with as much as you let them. Um, you know, there's a lot you can do to kind of scare them off or push them off or, you know, deal with the problem. And, uh, it definitely shows early on cause they, they show all kinds of different predators in the area. They got rattlesnakes and bears and, uh, you had the, uh, mountain lion. Um, and what's cool is I like the design for the, this predator he has, um, is he's definitely teched out a little bit different, um, than the predators we're used to seeing. Um, the mask is really cool too, cause it's definitely techy, but he has like the bone. It's not the metal mask it's like a bone mask which is cool because i like the idea of having a trophy that you're you know wearing because these they're, what they're doing is they're taking skulls you know they, they melt off the 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 flesh off of it and then he has like a little bone you know little, little skull uh trophy which is pretty cool um but yeah the the predator shows up and then it starts you know doing its predator thing killing all these different things it shows you it kills and you know skins a uh, rattlesnake and all these other things, and then meanwhile, um, Naru and her brother are hunting, trying to hunt down a uh, a mountain lion, and uh, I guess there's like a um, a tradition or a ritual, you know, a rite of passage where they they pick a predator to hunt down, you know, something that can kill them, uh, so to kill or hunt what hunts you, and take it down. And she, you know, um, you come to find out that she's picked this predator thing, and it's really cool. They they show the uh, the French trappers. Um, cause they've been going around too. you kind of, they, they throw a little bit of smoke, um, to make you think like all oh, the predators killing all these bison, which, you know, it doesn't make sense initially. Like why would the predator just kill all of these bison, especially cause those aren't predators. The whole thing with the, with that race is they want to hunt, you know, uh, hostile predator things. They don't hunt prey, like in the sense of like all the just stuff that's just walking around, you know, if you're no threat, they don't want you. There's no thrill to that. So, uh, yeah, you end up finding the, the French trappers, um, and they capture Naru and, uh, some of her tribe's, uh, people and her dog, which is cool. Cause I, from what I heard, the dog is from the Fresno area. I guess he was adopted from here. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool story. It was really cool to see all these little things add up, right? That's how you want to see a story is you want the early stuff to matter. You want these little bits and pieces to the story 
to build up to the conclusion. Um, so, you know, she kind of uses her her wits, you know, her, her planning. She's gotten experience throughout the movie of, like, hunting different things and going through different, like, uh, difficulties, you know, different adversities. She uses to her advantage that nobody thinks she's a threat, including the predator. So the predator kind of overlooks her a lot, which lets her pull off some, you know, uh, dangerous moves, some gambits that would have normally not worked if the predator actually thought of her as a as a threat. And uh, she's able to, you know, lure him to the to a right spot where she can trap him. And, uh, you know, and she tells him right before she kills him, like, this is as far as you go. It ends here, which is cool because, again, it was foreshadowed early on. You know, it's the callback to what her brother told her. Um, so it was it was a really cool movie. Um, my nephew's excited. He really liked it. Next time he comes and hangs out, we're gonna watch the uh, the original Predator movie because I want him to see how different it actually is. Um, because there is different tone, different types of movies. As much as I like the original Predator, I don't think you can make that movie again. I mean, some definitely there's people out there that'll love it, but I don't know. I'm kind of past the uh muscle bound dudes that are you know are gonna win. It's just a matter of when and how and how many explosions. You know, this is just funny how people are like, oh, it's not believable that they can shoot a bow or do this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's believable that Schwarzenegger can uh, shoot a minigun nonstop or hit fire machine guns and hit anything. Like, no, dude, they're movies. You got to suspend your disbelief a bit. That's one thing I was teaching my nephew, actually, uh, this weekend as we were driving. I was like, you know, I was telling him what suspending your disbelief is sometimes. We're like, you just got to get over some of the stuff that's not real because you're watching fiction. <laughs> like, you, you can't nitpick everything. You know, he's a bit really into anime. And uh, he likes to talk about a lot of stuff like it's real. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's fun, you know, this and that. And that's what helps, you know, as you as you when you're younger, it's easier to suspend that disbelief, right, to believe that it's real or or put yourself in that mindset of like, all right, if this was real, this is what it would be like or this is the universe. And, and I think that's what it takes a little bit sometimes is understanding like, yeah, dude, it's easy to armchair quarterback it from the seat. The funny thing, too, is like, oh, well, you can't do this and this. And I'm like, bro, you are about 120 pounds overweight. You don't even look like you can do a single sit up, you know, much less fight anything. So I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but that's 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 anything, you know. Same thing. There's the guy again. That's where the where it comes from, right? Armchair quarterback. I could have ran that. I'm like, dude, you can't even run five yards without stopping. Like, <laughs> oh man. But uh, I um I get it. Everybody wants to feel empowered. They want everyone to be super badass and whatnot. I'm like, I get it. But every story can't be that. It's that whole thing, right? If everyone's if everyone's a winner, no one's a winner, right? How how can you be a winner when everybody won? You know, uh, if everyone's badass, no one's badass. Like that's just the reality of stories. You need to have uh, moments of uh, vulnerability and you know allow it to be to grow or or just show a different type of story. You know, just because it's not what you want doesn't mean it's not a good story. I, I get in arguments about that all the time. It's like just because it's not what you want, it doesn't mean it's not a good story. You know, it is a good story if you are open to having something different. Um, which, talking about different, is um, Marvel released its new series uh, for Predator. It is written by Ed Bris Brisno, uh, inked by Walker, Kev Walker. Um, and then, yeah, the covers are being done by Lainel. Francis Yu, um, I know uh, Inyuk Lee's doing some variants. I got a really cool um, variant where a Predator has a uh, Iron Man-like skull and spine from one of his drones on the Avengers Tower. So super freaking cool. I think it's uh, Clayton Crane is the one who did the uh, the cover. But the um, the series, uh, it's it says it's going to be initially six-issue uh, series. Uh, we'll see if it continues because that's how the Alien one was supposed to be. The Alien one released about two years ago almost. 
Um, but the, it follows a character named Theta, and she's a woman who uh, it flashes back. She or what basically happened is when she was a kid, uh, Theta was you know out on her own with her uh, family and you know a whole group of researchers, and um, I guess they're just checking planets to see if they're hospitable or can provide any resources or whatever. And, uh, yeah, the predator comes along them and because, you know, her, her parents had, you know, weapons to defend themselves or whatever, it killed them along with all the other scientists trying to defend themselves. And, uh, before, uh, before her mother died, she cut off, um, one of the mandibles from the predator to protect his, her daughter. And that's when it killed her, you know, um. So it takes place, the, the first part of the book, you know, again, spoiler alert, but I'm going to be talking about the series. Um, the very first part before, uh, before it flashes back is it looks like, um, like a predator is hunting down and killing another predator. And you're like, what the hell's going on? And then you start seeing it curse English and you're like, wait, hold on a sec. Like it's talking in English. What the heck? And then it takes off its mask and it turns out it's a human. It's, it's the girl Theta. Um, as an adult, you know, as a, um, and, uh, you find out that what she's doing, um, through the flashbacks is she's hunting down the specific predator who killed her family, who, you know, took her world away basically. Um, and it's really cool cause she's tracked down and killed like, it's like 16, like 16 different predators, which is wild for a human to be able to do. And she's using like their technology to kind of find little hunting grounds. She's she, she just again she's trapping them like she's hunting them, which is wild. It's a crazy idea for the um uh, a human you know and predator off would be hunting them down you know right you know the the prey hunting the prey the predator, uh, but it's a really cool story. Uh, the the series or the the series the issue ends up with um the whole time she's talking to an AI. I forget what the name of the AI is because I'm really bad with names and I know I just read it but I'm dumb. Just leave me alone. Um, the, <laughs> the AI has basically been telling like, you don't have enough food. You only have enough rations for like maybe seven days or 10 days, but you need the stabilizer. You need the stuff for the ship. Otherwise you're not gonna be able to fly anymore. And if you can't, you know, if you can't travel on your ship, you're not gonna, you can't, your, your mission's done. You're done. You're done for. And, uh, so it convinces her to go back to basically like an old, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like an old processing, like uh, like a junkyard is what they describe it. Like, you know, where they have like all this old technology that she can go scavenge. And uh, I guess she explains that she'd been there before, got in trouble because currently she's still considering, you know, she like she ran off with all this, this equipment, you know, the, the ship and stuff. She's a, there's a bounty out for her basically. And she's a wanted, you know, she's, she's got a wanted bounty on her and um, that she's uh, I forget what the word was, but uh, they're, they're looking for her too. And she's got, you know, people hunting her down, trying to collect the bounty and the reward on her as well. Last time they went that um that she got pinged or whatever and and barely got out. And they is telling her, like, oh yeah, but there's only like two they're they're, they're the place is all but abandoned. There's only like two employees there. And then at the end of the uh the story she's crash landing and and uh you know, crash lands I think makes it alive, but she's left with like no communication, like the computer's not on, the AI is not working. And that's how the issue ends, you know. I think she's even like in the snowy area or whatever, in the middle of nowhere for sure. And um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how where this story goes. It, I'm I'm sure she's gonna find the predator she's looking for. She'll probably either kill him or, I don't know. We'll see, right? Like, again, just because it's not the story uh, wanted, it doesn't mean it's not good. Maybe she she doesn't end up killing him. Maybe, you know, maybe she has to work with him. Maybe she, you know, realizes that there was no need hunting him down or whatever. 
or maybe she finds that he died a long time ago before she could get to him right you know uh um no closure on that right like we'll see we'll see how that story goes um but i'm really looking forward to it um at the time when the alien series came out um i just didn't have enough money to be buying a bunch of random books that i wasn't already getting you know i've been trying to tighten up the belt around here and which is a bummer because I hear it's really good. The writer, Philip Kennedy Johnson, he's one of my favorite writers right now. He's been making really good stories with uh, Superman and action comics. It's probably the best Superman writing since uh, um, Peter Tomasi and Pat Gleason left uh, the series with uh, DC. So, yeah, I, I got a, I got all, all kinds of faith in the Alien series. And if the Predator series continues to be as good as everybody says the Alien one is, then I'm all for it. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be trying to... Uh, um that, that's the end of the predator talk you know um what i did want to bring up is i am going to be uh trying to come out with a few more episodes uh regularly in the sense of like in between the the every other week ones uh doing something else um my buddy goofy wanted to do some stuff with me so i figured you know it'd be fun to just kind of come out with some more episodes in between especially since i had to take a break um i don't want to go into too many specifics i don't know how much information they want to be shared but you know a close member of mine's going through some serious medical issues and uh, it's been it's been a lot uh i've had a lot going on in my life and um and uh yeah it's just just it, it helped me off recording anything or doing anything productive quote unquote um for quite some time just because i i just couldn't do it um my mind was at a million places at once um and, uh, and, and it sucks because I do like doing this. I do like hanging out. I do like talking to my buddies. I do like, you know, putting these out there. There's always a lot of support. Um, and I appreciate you if you're still listening, if you're putting up with me, not putting stuff out regularly. Um, if you're sharing it with your friends, getting friends to listen, getting people you think might be interested in uh, to listen to the podcast, I definitely appreciate that because, um, yeah, we get listeners everywhere. Uh, shout out to my boys in Australia or girls. It might be boy or girl or in between. Um that's cool. Uh, that's going to be another uh, country that we just added uh, to the national <laughs> um, listener group, basically. Um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everyone's been listening, continuing to listen. If you guys ever have any questions about the podcast, uh, suggestions for making it better, anything you want to hear me talk about um, or any questions in general um, about anything that we've done podcast wise or outside of it, if there's any guests you want to come back. Again, we're always open to suggestions. Um, weaving words podcast at gmail.com. Um, weaving words podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't use Twitter a whole lot. We've got the Hooligan Squad Discord server. It's been down a little bit lately. Like, no one's really been uh, messaging for a while. But uh, if people are popping off in there, I'll, I'll definitely come in and, you know, talk some cool stories or whatever. I know I got some buddies who are always down to, um, you know, talk about cool stuff that they uh, that they like. You know, I bring up my buddy Miguel all the time. He's uh, showing me some really cool anime that I love. You know, they're older ones, too, like uh, uh, Udase Yatsuru or whatever. Um, really fun series. I think I talked about it not too long ago um, on one of these episodes. Uh, Golden Boy. Like, just a bunch of really fun stuff. He knows I like comedy. Uh, Cromartie High. Like, just this fun stuff. And uh, I would have never given that a shot if it wasn't for him. I would have never watched the Witcher series if it wasn't for my buddies who played the game. Uh, like I would have never watched uh, that witches movie if it wasn't for my buddy Ray. Like I love getting recommendations for good stories because um, there's just only so much time in the day and I hate wasting time on stuff that's not going to be good at the end of the day. Um, so I, I like to trust my friends and uh, expect them to have a good taste <laughs> or, or semi good taste or at least let me know ahead of time like, hey, this movie sucks or it's not good. But man, is it a lot of fun to just talk crap on. Right. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, thanks uh, for giving me a listen again. Uh, stay tuned for another episode. Thank you and uh, goodbye. Adios.